Welcome to Fitness Business Secrets. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you tag me on Instagram, Jimmy underscore Pomponi, you're going to enter the draw to win one month of free private coaching valued at $1,500. And if you haven't joined our Inner Circle program, tap the link below this episode and I want to give you 14 days free because we are on a mission to help 1 million people per day to reach their health and fitness, fitness goals. Let's enjoy today's episode. Go for it. Alrighty, guys, welcome to Fitness Business Secrets. I've got my amazing friend and partner, Brad Bedford, on. We've got a bumper ep- episode for you guys today. What we're going to cover is our best memories owning a fitness business, how we believe a well-trained sales rep will be any automation, but automations are cool, but good sales reps are better. How Tori got 88 leads over the last 30 days, an overview of the sales role play training that Brad did in the inner circle on Friday, which was absolutely incredible. I wasn't able to be on there live, Brad. I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about how Heath went to Bali. He hit 150 members and he had a holiday where his business still runs, which is the absolute um, creme de la creme of running a fitness business. Not many people get to that level. But before we dive into it, Brad, mate, how's the weekend? Your weather looking pretty good over there in Perth at the moment. Man, weekend was good. I'm obviously away next weekend in in Melbourne for the elite. Oh event. yeah, we're away. Hey, on Friday. When do you get down there? Yeah, uh, I get there. I get there on Friday. But um, I've got my daughter's birthday early December, so I've got like shade sails and stuff to put up in the backyard. So I spent the weekend doing gardening and all the all the homely stuff you have to do when you own a property. Um, mm-hmm. getting getting ready for that. But how about you? Mate, when are we doing the Inner Circle Chrissy party? We're going to fly over to the Crown over in Perth. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Get on that. Um, what was it called? That happy hour thing with the with the bubble gums. <laughs> Crystal Club. <laughs> Crystal we'll head Club. Head over to Crystal Club. Um, mate, weekend was good. Um, I was at like a Grant Co. Grant Cardo 10x con- con- conference, 10x baby, um, and that was really good. It just like crazy motivates you to close more sales and make more money. Pretty much, she's just yeah, and the way they. The way they sell is like an art form. How about they just start selling like straight up, like the whole way through? I think, straight I think they, mate, they pitched like six different products. Hey, I didn't know what I was buying in the end, but they they got <laughs> they got two k USD out of me. I was nearly there. I was nearly on the rack for thirteen, but I I didn't know if I wanted to go over to America for the live conference and stuff. So I was just like, nah. But it was good. They are good. Well, they still got you. They still got you. Oh, yeah, they got me. I'm like big 10X man at the moment. But, <laughs> mate, it's been a while since we owned our gyms. You're just a little bit over a year. Is that right? Yeah, it's about uh, – I sold it officially last September. Um, so, yeah, a little over 12 months now. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm about, what, about two years, a little bit, little bit over now. And, uh, yeah. Mate, I just wanted to ask you, what was your best memory – um, post owning a gym that like you really look back on on fondly. I'm sure there's a lot, but but what was your one of your number ones? Yeah, I think definitely the the number one like has to be the first session opening a facility. Mm, it's good. Feeling. So you know, like you've um, you know you painted the, we painted the walls, we got everything set up, and then the first the first session. But not only the first sessions, I suppose looking back from how it ended to how the business looked at that first session because you know, we had dumbbells laying on the floor, no dumbbell <laughs> racks because they hadn't arrived and stuff. And just looking at what we opened with compared to like what it got to is also like the the big memory as well, right? Yeah. And I remember when we opened our Warrior Gym, 
So down, we had downstairs, upstairs. So we just opened, what we did is we opened the upstairs level, which is our large groups. When that hit 90 active members, then we released our um, semi-privates. And uh, we had new members starting and someone opened the door to downstairs and there was just fucking, there was shit everywhere. It was crazy. It was like literally like a bomb site. Um, but always is a is a good memory. Every time I've opened a gym, like Warrywood and Balgala, I was working till like 3 a.m. the night before. So it's like a good memory, but you just like dusted. I'm just like so tired. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I have to look back, you know, I helped Andrew open his Mandra facility and, and that was a swimming pool. That was an indoor mm. swim school when we first went and looked at it. So, like, I've got photos in there, like, you know, raking sand into the corners of a swimming pool so we could fill it up and, and concrete the top of it to open the gym. <laughs> and, you know, and that you sort were, of stuff. And you unpacked Pui's gym as well, didn't you? He I, was away or something, <laughs> dirty yeah, dog. Unfortunately, Dave um, had a family member that was sick or passed away back in, in Europe. So he jumped on a plane the, the day before his container arrived. So mm. he was over um, having a bit of a trip and dealing with some family stuff. And I unloaded his container with his equipment and set his business up for him. Yeah. Cause I remember I was like, to, I'm like, why are you and Brad so close? Is he's like, he loves you. He loves it. Like, what's the go? I'm like, what's it, what's going on here? He's like, oh, Brad's just done so much for me. So I'm like, you went away and Brad set up your gym. Like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think like the, the week Dave came back to, to help start doing some stuff with like bolting, like drilling and bolting things into the wall. And like the mm. first thing we did was put the drill bit through the concrete wall and a piece of concrete fell onto like the next door reception's desk <laughs> because he <laughs> pushed the drill too far. And and that was like the relationship, how it started with the with the guys next door. <laughs> so always always dodgy relationships with your neighbors. We had in our Balgala gym, we were next door neighbors with like a it was a photography place. And this guy wanted a dead silent working complex, like any noise like he would. He would complain every second day and stuff. Yeah. Crazy. One day he came over and like threatened one of our younger trainers. That didn't go down well. No. I just don't no. like people like 40-year-old men who threaten 18-year-olds, you yeah. know? And then when when the owners come over, he's a different dude, you know, oh, it's all good, it's all good. I'm like, can't yeah, swear at one of my different guy, young, right? At one of our young female trainers, bro, and then like act super nice when we come over. And yes, yeah. it's not all good. Yeah, probably, mate, my best memory was um, we had an amazing client named Tristan. Um, he lost like about 22 kilos with us, but his wife was um, battling cancer. Um, and they were doing it really, really tough um, financially. And we organized this charity fundraiser where all the money went to him and his family. Um, and I, I don't remember how, how much we raised, but we had like 150 people training. Um, so it was like upstairs, downstairs, outdoors, people in the car. It was like too many people to even facilitate a decent session, but it wasn't the point. It was an amazing time to get our community together. Um, it's something that I, I look back on as, you know, all those like special moments with really great people was was probably the probably the highlight for me. And especially Tristan was such a good dude. Actually, I miss when I think about the gyms. It's not actually the the gym that I miss. It's the people um, always in there, always those, the people. Those, those connections. So, and mate, we're having conversation um, last week. So the big thing on automations and I love automations. Um, You use a lot of automations as well, but I still believe that a really good sales rep will be automations. And I I think I can say, I reckon that fitness business owners are becoming weaker because they rely so much on automations and not actually on being a decent sales rep with really good follow-up. Um, and I hope that it doesn't get worse, but I, I do hope with our conversation today that those who listen and take action 
will act differently. Um, but mate, you told me this this story because you didn't have automations for a lot of the time in TBC at the start. Hey, there's no such like thing the, back in for the like day. the four, first four years we didn't have automations, and it was it's still fine, eh? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But, but you said, because you had a bit of a different flow to me with your double dial text, which was absolutely amazing. I wish I had you as a mentor back when I was doing sales, but talk to us about that, about how you'd map out like a 10 to 15 minute flow of calling your leads and texting. So it's, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. For me, it's all about like being efficient with my time and trying to multitask as much as I can. Right. So for me, I was always, <laughs> always big on the, the double dial. You love it. You love it. Um, so what I would do is I would call the lead. Let's say they didn't answer. I would hang up. I would call them again. They wouldn't answer. I'd leave the voice message. And then I would dial the next number and have it ringing. And while it was ringing, I was sending the text to the person that I've just called. Um, yeah. Because I always had had headphones in my ears, right? So I could type and, and take notes and that sort of stuff. So while it was dialing, I was texting the person. And again, because the texts were templated, it was just change the first name, maybe change a little bit in the body. It allowed me to get through my lead list really quickly and efficiently. So mm. again, it, it sounds like a, a really small thing, but if it takes 20 seconds to to send that text message or 30 seconds to send that text message, you know, when you're looking at, you know, 10, 15, 20 leads um, at a time that you're, you're calling, it adds up quickly. Yeah. And, and you were saying you, you would send the same text each day. It was just copy and paste. Just copy and pasted. Yeah. So a text in the morning and a text at night. Yeah. Simple. I used to do the same text, but what, Actually, I'm not going to say what we did because it's worse than what Brad did. So just do what Brad did. It's better. Yeah. So we would send the, the text in the morning. was pretty simple. It's like, hey, Jimmy, Brad here from you know TBC, just uh, giving your call in regards to your application for the six-week challenge. Is there a good time to reach you today? Question mark. Simple. At night, very similar message, except it was like, feel free to use this link to book a time that suits you. Yeah. And That's just the booking simple. link. Yeah. Don't complicate and, and- it. And when the automations came into your life, um, big shout out to to Jimmy Buchanan, the main man. Is is how did that adjust what you what you did somewhat? Because I think it, it didn't. About that. It did. didn't. It didn't. And and this is where a lot of people they they stop doing what they're doing because automations can do some of it. What I did worked, so the automations became a supplement if you like, to what I was doing. So it was an add-on, not an instead of. So it was just sending the extra text message and email each day to add to the nurture because everything that I sent came from my personal mobile phone, right? Mm. So it was personal for me. They could apply any stage and straight through to me. So when we got the, the one text message and the email through automations, it just added an extra layer layer for us. And did you always do sales off your personal mobile? Always off a personal phone. Oh, I got a work number, hey, because I hated people calling me when I didn't want them to well, call yeah. me. Well, well, for me, it was like it was my business and it was always me. Mm. Um, and then it just sort of stuck. It was, it was convenient. Um, so I just used my work phone. Well, I think the big difference between you and I is you love sales. You love sales. So you'd like, you you said Tommy stories of like, you close sales at 9.15 at night. When I was like, someone called me at 9.15 at night, I'm not about that life. So I wanted the separation, 
but thus you are much better at sales, you close more sales, high ticket, stuff like that, different mindsets. And we laugh, right? Because <laughs> there's places that you shouldn't close sales. Like I closed <laughs> a sale in the birthing suite with my wife for someone to join <laughs> our inner circle program, right? Um Salesman Most wives could go crazy. Like my life, my wife kind of sees the humor because it's like just a story that I can tell. Um, I, but I, yeah, I enjoy it. So that's what I would do. Mate, you go sales all the time. I remember when you were, I think you were flying over to Sydney. Was it when we caught up or where were we flying? Where did we catch up recently? Uh, well, just Adelaide. recently it was Adelaide. And you had, and you had Wi-Fi on there and you're like, I reckon Wi-Fi I can close the sale. Wi-Fi on yeah. the airplane was amazing. <laughs> the first time I've ever had try. it, it was Right. I couldn't do anything as well. Try and try and do it on the way to Melbourne. So yeah. you can knock someone over. Get that Qantas plane. <laughs> get that Qantas plane. Just, just sitting there, just just try to close and people would get so pissed if you did it. <laughs> Why do you just again it's just um I, mean, I was I still mean, messaging clients and doing DMs and all the all that sort of stuff that you know you especially in a in a in a sales based role and looking after clients, you know, if you can have two hours of uninterrupted time, you actually get a lot of work done. So mm. on the plane, I couldn't actually call people unless it was through Facebook, but it gave me two hours to to send DMs and send text messages. Um, so I was really efficient during that time. Yeah, 100%. I love chatting to you when you're over because I was like, you're on the plane. But anyways, let's bridge through. So we're going to a big congratulations to Tori. Um, so she got 88 leads. Um which leads to generally isn't the issue, um, but what you helped with her in sales, it's been incredible. She's closed over 20 sales since she chatted to you. Yeah. Just on crazy, like basic, right? fo- basic follow-up principles. And she's closing over the phone as well. And I think the big thing is like people want it to be complicated so they have an excuse not to close sales, right? <laughs> so mm. it's like, oh, it's, it's this complicated system, getting too many leads, I can't follow them up. It's like, well, hang on, let's just bring it, like tear it down and let's rebuild it from scratch. What is the the minimal effective dose that gets the biggest outcome? It's like blocking time to call your leads, blocking time to text your leads, open up time in your calendar to book consultations. Like let's make it as simple as possible and block it out in your calendar so you can be consistent with it. Yeah, Yeah, I think as well is like being able to like handle like big lead volume. There's people who want a lot of leads um, but can't handle can't handle the volume. So say Tori, first week we turned off, turned on our ads, she got 30 leads and um, was like a little bit chaotic to be able to handle that. So then we just wound it down. She gets about 13 to 16 leads a week and she's in her zone now where she's just in flow, everything's going well. So you can definitely get too many leads. I don't think there's any such thing as too many leads, but unless you can handle it, if you can handle it, go nuts if you can't handle it and do the good follow-ups you know you might as well not get the leads because you can't you can't contact them correct correct definitely and this is where um people have this expectation where it's like oh i need x amount of leads per week well and it's fine to have those those targets but if you can't nurture them and book them in for consultations you're better off getting less leads servicing them well and signing them up because people don't want leads. Leads leads are useless. People want sales, right? Yeah. You can have a thousand leads. If you close no one, you're still going bankrupt. You want sales. And to get the sales, you need to get them onto calls or get them in for consultations. So we need to look at what is your capability of actually following these leads up to book appointments. And then that yeah. will dictate how many leads you can handle per week. 
Yeah. Do you remember how many leads you, you wanted to get per week? We, it, it really varied. At the start, it used to be at that sort of, you know, 10 to 15 mark. We, we more so set the goal of we wanted five sales a week. Just one that, sale a day. That was our goal. One sale a day keeps poverty away. That was our God. saying I used to tell myself. Um, and then for me, it got really exciting when I started looking after sales for multiple clubs because it went from five sales a week to like 25 sales a week. And then, <laughs> you know, I still remember that like my best ever day, I sold 26 week challenges um, in a day. I went 20 That's from 20. Mental. And I was like, game on, boys. We've we've got it. Um, and and we just grew from there. So it was one a day. And then we just obviously multiplied that across the clubs. And how do you do that off a lead sheet or how do you piece all that? This was all so this was all before automations. We just had Excel spreadsheets. So every um every Facebook ad went to an Excel spreadsheet through Zapier. And we yep. just had it all color coded with with notes. Green, and we just green worked our way red. through. Uh, green, yellow, red. red so bad. green was green was sold. Yep. Red was not sold. Um, yellow was follow up, and white was non contacted yet. I I miss the good old days when we used to. I we used to have the same. We'd have each month like January, February, March, and then in March you'd go through February, and then like towards the end of the month, or we always did our follow ups at the start. You'd go through Jan and just have to manually follow. It's the good old days. You have yeah, to roll we, up your sleeves and do a bit of hard work. Yeah, and we had um, like little abbreviations for notes that we were doing. So it was like DD was double dial, VM voicemail, mm. uh, all that sort of stuff. So like, you know, we have uh, the date, double dial, and then the time. So we knew, we, hey, we double dialed this person at 7.30 and Brad left a voicemail. So it was uh, pretty simple back in the day. Well, it's not so like everyone... Some people complain about how hard it is to grow a business, but you don't realize how easy it is now with like automations and systems and like even like trainerized, right? Amazing programming system. That wasn't around when I was a trainer. I, like, yeah. I had like paper and stuff. You know, yeah. I was losing my notepad with all my all my workouts on it. It was it was mental. Yeah. 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 I think the thing is I was like a lot of people think you need automations really early on and you need all these extravagant systems early on. A lot of the time, you can go a very successful business very minimalistically. We're at, we're at five hundred plus members off a of Google Drive. We were at five clubs off a of Google Drive. Okay, let's bring back you Google know? Drive. Let's make Google Drive sexy again. Make Google great again. <laughs> make Google yeah. great again. They they need more money from us. You know, they're like they're Google's struggling. It's like not a very big company. So maybe yeah. we can swing them a bit of you know a bit of work, a bit of extra Google Drive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it mate i was lucky enough i i called brad on friday um because i was able to watch your sales role play which was i think it was one of your best ever it was good it was so good it was, it, run- was, it was good fun and i think what we did differently you know you and i spoke um during the week and it's it's fine when people want to practice sales they have a script in front of them right which is what we teach obviously they have a sales script know your script inside out but when you just get a call out of the blue if you're not, um, I suppose, over your sales script and your process, it catches you out quickly. And mm. this is a lot of time where people lose inbound leads. So people that are ringing you and are inquiring. Um, so what we essentially ran through on the role play was 
if I called you up, how are you going to take me into your sales process or book me in for a consultation? What does that look like? So we just role-played um, with the people inside of our inner circle, um, me calling them and then trying to either book me in for a consultation or sign me up for a program based on how they sell. And I think the biggest, I suppose, lesson we learned from it was a lot of people weren't sure which avenue to take it initially when someone dials in. Do they try and sell me over the phone? Do they book me in for a big consultation or do they get me into the club for a consultation? So the big sort of lessons, the way we wrapped it up was make sure we really identify how we want to sell. Yep. And when someone dials us, we need to get enough information to move them through to the next step of the pipeline. Because people were sort of half doing a consult, half trying to book people in. It was a bit disjointed. And again, very um, rarely these days do we have people just call PTs out of the blue. Usually it's through Facebook or anything, which is why we just sort of threw that curveball in there. Because like, hey, this can happen. What do we, how do we respond? So some good learning points uh, from the team. Yeah, it was amazing viewing as well. It was yeah. a cracker, cracker yeah. session. And, and the uh, thing with with learning this sort of stuff as well, like you learn a lot from watching other people do it, right? So um, even though I was working one-on-one with people on a group call, everyone was taking notes and everyone was giving feedback on things that they liked or things that they think from looking at what they did, they can do better as well. Mate, big question that's been on my mind all weekend are you going to launch this series where you cold call gyms and we turn it into content? Or well, well, I know we did speak about it. Um, Mate, do it. And I, think I want to see you hit, hit people up. Just yeah, I think it's something that definitely has, has merit. <laughs> so we um we might have a little series that launches in the next it's, couple of weeks. It's like uh, Brad Bedford cold calling a gym near you very soon. That's it. <laughs> and, Mate, and you get some cracker content. There'll you, be good lessons go- from it as well for everyone. So... It's definitely going to be yeah. something on the cards. And also the beast gyms as well. Some would just be like, just sweet. You yeah, and some people have their systems very dialed in, right? And some some just need little tweaks, but you don't know what you don't know is the big the big lesson, right? Mm. And my friend, have, have got any good memories from Bali in your life? Pretty close over there in Perth. Yeah, we've been to Bali a, a few times, um, obviously being here in Perth. So... I suppose the first, um, you know, the, the trip there with, with Olivia just recently was absolutely amazing. Um, so it's kind of always nice, a nice little easy getaway um, mm. from Perth. And you know, Liz and I have had a couple of really good trips there. Um, after our after our wedding, we went there for a week or so. Um, it's just a nice place to go and literally do nothing for me. Like I, I'm so busy at work and I find it hard to switch off. So quite often I go to Bali, just like two or three days of walking around the streets, disconnecting, not doing a huge amount, really help helps me recharge to come back to work enthusiastically mm-hmm. um, and get those creative I, juices flowing. Mate, I love Bali. So guys, he's in Bali. Um, he recently hit 150 members and had a trip to Bali, but I have two phases of my life. So I have like, young Jimmy and Jimmy people see now. So young, when I was young, I'd go over there and like just smash double doubles and be in Sky Garden and Alley Cats. <laughs> I just love it. You just go go over there with the boys for like two weeks and just so I'm getting silly tattoos on my foot. And then when I met my missus, um, I started to calm down a lot, which I'm very grateful for. Much love to my wife. 
Um, and then we just go over and have like really beautiful, relaxing, like what Bali's epitomizes, like just just amazing, come back super recharged and stuff. Um, so you can really get the best of both worlds there in Bali. Yeah, definitely, you definitely I went, can. I went at, went went over once um with a couple of mates and uh it was schoolies and we didn't know. <laughs> it was it was mental. It was mental. So I was a toolie. Yeah, I was definitely, a definitely. I was like 21 for toolies. And uh mate. Getting a business to run without you while you're overseas, um, like we we obviously work with a lot of people on this. What are, what are a couple of things that if anyone would like to travel to Bali or maybe somewhere else in the world whilst their business still runs, what are what are a couple of things they need to do? Well, I think the the biggest thing, and you know, we've even done this with it, with our business, you know, as we've grown, having people that are trained across multiple facets of the gym, so yep. they can they can cover each other and this isn't something that happens in a week this is something that takes months of future planning so you really need to look at you know what roles do i do in the business as as the owner or the manager whatever sort of role you sort of sit in and what of those roles do you need to be covered while you're away yep. so you know it might not be you not might not need sales to happen when you're away for Facebook ads, for example, but you want someone to be able to handle you know, leads if they do inquire. And then from there, build out the systems for it to be able to run and practice it while you're still there. So essentially step away for a week, um, but still be around and let the people who are going to take over those roles do those roles so you can help and coach them in real time. So you can actually switch off when you're away because it's fine to know something's happening when you're away, but yeah. as business owners, we stress about it, right? So you want to practice it while you're still here. So when you go away, you can actually switch off. Yeah, I think the big thing for us, because you and I went away to Fiji, that was a barrel of laughs, a good time. If we walk, walk along the water and we went out to the restaurant, it was beautiful, beautiful time. Go jet skiing. But- You've got to you've got to book the book. <laughs> we'll we'll link back to the Jesse story in a minute, guys. But you've got to book the holiday, right? Because once we booked it, then we, me and you went into overdrive for like three months, planned it yeah. all out. It was, it was it was like meticulous our planning. It was crazy. But I don't think so. I I worked a little bit over there. I did a bit of content and answered my Asana for like thirty minutes a day just after Brecky. But you didn't do too much over there, did you? I, I, I checked on I checked same. on Facebook and stuff a little bit. Checked in with the VA team, but nothing, nothing major. Mm. And uh, mate, do you, got, do you want to tell the crew the jet ski story? Well, <laughs> well it's, it's your it's your story to tell, Jimmy. We had a situation in in Fiji. Is uh, so Brad and I, Brad, Brad really wanted to go jet skiing, and I was pretty keen as well. And then, so we went jet skiing out. It was beautiful, and you were flying as well. Brad loves it. Brad's a fucking Brad is a bloody speed demon. He was going ballistic. And anyways, we pull in. So there's this like little bay that you go in. Um, so it's like a kind of skinny canal thing. It goes out into the ocean and then it goes into a lagoon. And we're just at the front of this canal and we stopped. And then I think the guy was like telling us just to go slow or whatever. Um, and then when we stopped, I was facing like back out to sea, and then we had to go the other way. So then I tried to turn, but I like was going so slow that my jet ski capsized. So it's me and my wife on the back. I still say to the day, I think she overtipped it, but I'll take ownership of it. Tipped over, it's like it's like flipped up. Brad's driving off, the dude's driving off. Brad looks back, turns around, um, and then we have a flooded jet ski. 
sorry, we won't, won't talk about the flooded jet ski customer service thing that went down. That's a different story, but it's very, very embarrassing. It's like my wife's on Brad's jet ski. There was a, how about the boat? There was this boat driving out and they see me tip. So like a boat with like 30 people turns around to come and make sure I don't, I don't drown. Um, it, was cra- it was incredibly embarrassing times. Very much so. <laughs> and there was no more jet skiing. And then they wouldn't, they were like tentative about um, renting me paddle boards and stuff after that, like at the, at the water sports. Yeah, wasn't, can't, wasn't control, can't control a jet ski. <laughs> but overall, we love Fiji. Biggest thing, guys, just remember to enjoy the memories in your fitness business. Like there will be a time where you sell your business and move on. That's a part of life. Um, but really cherish those memories. I do wish I cherished those memories a little bit more when I was active and owning the gyms. Brad's double dial technique and text, simple, effective. And the biggest thing that I picked up, Brad, was that automations are a supplement, doesn't replace really, really good sales follow-up. Um, the 88 leads with Tori just being really clear on your sales systems, being able to handle inbound calls is a skill and something that you can role play, especially if you're getting like all of your calls diverted to your mobile. Um, it's something that you should definitely practice. And we have that in the IC. Um, and we love Bali. Brad and I love Bali. I don't think I'll go again. Do you want to go to Bali next year? I don't I'll really probably I'll probably head over again. I'm planning a trip to Europe next year. So um, I definitely I'll probably get to Bali for a little cheeky one because it's so affordable for us in Perth. Can I come? Now good. So Brad and I are going to Bali next year. <laughs> I'm a little bit over it, but Brad can't have a holiday without me. So we'll go to Bali. But just remember, guys, if you want your business to run without you, it is possible. Just make sure you document all the tasks that you do as an owner and you have people cross-trained to do it. And a really important thing that Brad said that you might not have picked up on is if you want sales to continue when you're away, because usually that's a thing too that falls down, make sure you train your team and you feed them with leads. But if you don't want sales continue, just to make sure they have basic sales follow-up, it's okay if your business doesn't close sales for a week or two. It's not the way I would do it. But if it means you going on holidays, recharging, coming back to dominate, that's totally okay because business is a marathon, not a sprint. And in in the uh, back end of like when we talk about Brad's business, he doesn't remember the bad weeks and the bad fortnights. It just goes just in the past. So don't worry if you don't close sales. That's everything for today, guys. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on social media. Where's the best place to find you, Brad? Uh, Just Brad Bedford 87 over on Instagram is best for me. And uh, I'm all over socials, Jimmy underscore Pomponio on Instagram, a bit more active on Facebook at the moment. Bye-bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the description below, there's a link where you can join our free Facebook group where we produce longer form content and give away valuable resources to help your fitness business grow. There's also six of our best downloaded resources. So go below and check it out now. And guys, we make these episodes for free free for you. Make sure that you've taken notes and you're ready to take action. And if it added value to your life, to your business, please share it with someone else in the fitness community.